0: Adventures in VHS podcast, the podcast dedicated to the lost farmer of VHS and the weird and wonderful films that it spawned. If you're a first time listener, the show is a chance for me to pick one particular tape from my collection of x rental VHS classics to take a look at the actual release, the sleeve, the blurb, the trailers and of course the film itself. Uh, as one time listeners will know, the show supports the Adventures in VHS podcast. A huge update for which I will have for you all in just one moment. Uh, but for this particular episode of the podcast, episode 18, we'll be looking at the Robert Klaus directed 1982 adaptation of The Rats, also known as Deadly Eyes, uh, and I'll be digging deep into its UK VHS release on Guild Home Video. As you may or may not know, Klaus is a man with a relatively short but interesting career which was primarily in the martial arts genre, with films like the brilliant Jim Carter and the even more brilliant Enter the Dragon on his CV, not to mention home video favourites like China O'Brien and China O'Brien 2. Here though, he's telling the story of a bunch of giant mutant rats which are on the rampage in a big Canadian city, so I'm sure you'll agree it could be interesting to see how this rare step away from Kung Fu films uh, works out for him so the film will be one of the tapes that ends up within the pages of the Adventures in VHS book Uh, not all the ones that I do for the podcast will, in fact most of them don't Um, but that brings me nicely onto the news that I mentioned before uh, and I also promised I would share with you all today on the last episode of the the podcast Um, it is good news I promise you um, as it will ultimately mean that the book will be published a lot sooner than uh, it might have. Uh, but in order to share the good news, I first need to deal with, uh, with the bad news. Um, so here goes. Um, sadly, the book won't be being published by Unbound. Um, we started crowdfunding with Unbound in October of last year, and after a lot of work marketing the book by me, and a lot of kind support from you, we managed to reach about 35% of the target that Unbound set for the book. Um, Unfortunately, that target was based on the idea that I had a niche product, which Unbound saw uh, as having the potential to cross over to a mainstream market. The thing is, while I was busy publicizing the book and doing podcasts and trying to convince people... Um, to part with their cash. Uh, Unbound kind of weren't doing very much at all. Um, And when I went back to them and I said, hey, maybe we should look at some of the costs that you've applied to this £12,500 target that you've got, things like launch parties and social media marketing, a lot of which I feel like I'm the one doing, Um, their response was that if we wanted to cut costs, then the best thing to do would be removing all the colour images in the book. Uh, and that's just not something that I wanted to do. Um, I've been very clear from the outset about what I want this book to be. I want it to be uh, I want people to sort of feel like they're renting the movies with me and experiencing the movies with me and a big part of that is being able to see the artwork and enjoy the artwork and and feel like you're almost plucking that movie from the shelves with me and and watching it and and experiencing it like that. So I, I, you know, it was never an option. So, uh, for me to, to have the book without, without the images and without, you know, full color, high quality images on decent paper, it's just, that's what I want this book to be. Um, and I don't care about the profits. That's what it, that's what it has to be. Uh, so in short, um, it was pretty clear at that point that, that no more marketing support was coming from, from that direction. Um, and the answers that they gave me to actually cut the costs were just not going to work for me. Um, so we had to, to, well, we decided to go our separate ways. Um, and I started looking at self publishing as an option. Um, and it's an option that I should have looked at from the start, quite frankly. Uh, I was a little bit scared of the extra work involved, Um, I'll be honest with you. The reason I was keen to go with Unbound is I thought, this way I can just write the book and then hand it over to someone else and they can do everything else. Uh, It didn't work out that way. I ended up focused purely on marketing the book and doing all this other stuff, and you know I lost track of actually writing the book. Uh, Whereas now, if I do everything, which isn't actually as scary as it first seems. Um, I I figured out that without the expenses that Unbound built into that original cost, which obviously also included 50% of any profits, um, I can do the book myself for about a sixth of the cost. Um, So that equates to about half of what we've raised through Unbound so far. Uh, However, uh, I'm aware that I'm going to lose a lot of people quite probably um, in this process because of, you know, the messing about that I'm about to mention. Um, So, yeah, that's where we are today. I'm self-publishing the book. um, But as I've kind of hinted at, that unfortunately means that I need your help now more than ever if we're going to get Adventures in VHS published. Today, those of you who were kind enough to pledge your support for Adventures in VHS um, with Unbound... Uh, should have received an email from them. Now, that email will essentially say to you that, uh, that I've taken the project back and I'm publishing it myself, and it should also hopefully have a link to uh which is the the site where the book lives uh, and the site that I have relaunched today. Uh, the problem is, while the project with Unbound is cancelled, your money uh, actually remains in your Unbound account, almost like a store credit uh, until you contact them and say, I want a refund for this cancelled project. I know it's an odd system, I wish you would all just get your refunds automatically, that would be easier for everyone. Uh, but I think the hope is, from their perspective, is that you'll just sort of s- spend it on another one of their books. Uh, which is fine, you're you're free to do that. Um, but that's entirely your call. Um However, if you do want to continue to support Adventures in VHS, and I very, very, very much hope that you do, um, what you need to do is drop them an email and just say in that email, hey, I realize Adventures in VHS is no longer being published with you. Please, can you give me a refund as soon as possible? Um, And that email needs to go to support at unbound.co.uk. So once again, that's support at unbound.co.uk. If you go to the relaunch website, adventuresinvhs.com, you'll see a page on there which offers information about um, about how to get a refund. On that page is a link. If you just click that link, an email will automatically come up with uh, with your your with your from your email address to support unbound.co.uk it'll have the subject line in there it'll have the body text in the actual email so with a few clicks um you could you could just do it that way i've tried to make it as easy as possible basically for people um then once you've had your refund from unbound which they will honor very quickly that they're, they're pretty good like that um assuming you are still willing to support the book i will then need you to head over to Adventures, head back should i say to adventures vhs.com and pledge your support there so we can hit the newer and much 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 lower target um to get this book actually printed um I've set up a PayPal business account, so you can pledge on the website using that. So essentially what will happen is you say, all right, I want a copy of the hardback. and pledging £20 plus £4 uh, postage, and your money will then be locked away in that PayPal business account. Um, it will not be touched. It's a separate business account. It will stay in there until we hit the new target, and the new target is £2,000, which, as I say, is way over half what we already what we already raised with Unbound. So I'm hopeful that we we can we can do this pretty quickly. Very hopeful. But um that two thousand pounds will essentially allow us to pay for things like the ISBN number. It will allow me to pay for photo rights for the main one of the main images. Um, It will uh, allow me to do things like copyright notices and um, arrange for the proper registration of the book. Uh, And of course, it will also allow me to do an initial print run of books. So that will be an initial print run of 200 high-quality hardback books uh, in full colour with all the images in there not taken out. Um, And that 200 will be more than enough to fill that first order Um, and will leave us with plenty left for promotional purposes. Uh, And who knows, maybe then, further down the line, maybe we'll even get to do another run at a later date, which will be a little bit easier because all the hard work will have been done. Um, But right now, um, all I care about is this, this initial run and making this book a reality and finally getting it out to you the people who've been kind enough to support it this far. Um, to give you an idea of costs, the hardback cost remains the same. That's £20 with £4 postage. Uh, but the ebook um, is now just going to be £5. So that's half the price it was over at Unbound. So uh, if you did pledge to buy the ebook, then um cancel your order with Unbound and then come over and spend five pounds on the ebook with me, and there you go, you've got an extra fiver in your back pocket. Um, Also, there are two other packages that I'm offering, um, which will come with a specially selected tape from my shelf, uh, either from the book, from the podcast, or just with a written recommendation. Um, And these are available at the lower price uh, than they were before, of £35 or £45 um, plus £4 postage and packing. And each of those are membership editions, so you'll get a limited-numbered Adventures in VHS uh, membership card as well, um, which will be made specifically especially for uh, those people. Um, There is no option for a launch party anymore. The reason for that is simple. There will be a launch party and every single person who pledges for this book uh, will be invited. There will be no £100 tickets to, to that launch party as there was with Unbound. This is basically you know obviously it's not going to be champagne and and uh, and cocktails it will be more beer and nuts but uh, I'll arrange something once the book is launched and it will be uh, just a just something a get together somewhere probably in a upstairs in a pub uh, which is kind of more my speed anyway um and everybody who who pledges who pledged to buy this book um will be invited uh, to come along to that so uh yeah there will still be a launch party but nobody will be asked to uh, to pay to come along um so that's it all of the all of this information uh how to get a refund from unbound full explanation of exactly what happened with them a list of frequently asked questions about the whole thing details on individual packages it's all up live now on adventures of and if anybody else has any other questions about it just give me a shout on twitter is probably the easiest thing to do and i'll be more than happy to answer any questions that people have got um so just before i get on to another couple of announcements then just to reiterate first of all i'm so sorry this unbound thing hasn't worked out and i want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart if you have pledged to support the book through them but once again this project needs you now more than ever so please 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 cancel your unbound order and then uh, and then pledge over at adventureinvhs.com and let's make this thing happen um So, as you can tell, and uh, as I hinted at on the last show, today is a hugely important day for Adventures in VHS. Uh, Not only is it the day that I relaunch the website and make this massive announcement about how we're going to relaunch the crowdfunding, it's also the day where I get to make some bigger announcements. Uh, Well, not bigger, but... uh, equally awesome announcements, uh, which is why I've been calling today uh, AIVHS day, uh, which is a hashtag that I've been using on Twitter, uh, because there's a lot to say in our whole day, so I just figured it'd be nice to wrap it all up in a nice hashtag. Um, So first of all, as I say, I relaunched the site this morning around the time that Unbound sent out its email update. Um, He says, recording this a few days before all this happened, hopeful that it all actually worked. Um and uh, as promised, there's a brand new podcast which you're listening to now, and a full explanation of everything that's been going on um but I also uh I'm using uh the seventeenth of July to share some other fantastic news, which is news that will be posted later on in the day uh and it's something I've been waiting to tell people uh for quite a bit uh if you downloaded the show quickly enough, then you will be hearing this news exclusively before the announcement goes up on the site as well um so yeah, very exciting um so here it is. I can confirm that we have a forward for the book, um, which is uh, a forward that has been written by none other than co-founder of Troma Entertainment, creator of The Toxic Avenger, director of Class of Nukem High, and Adventures in VHS episode 2 special guest, Mr. Lloyd Kaufman. Um Yes. So if you haven't heard that show, Lloyd was a brilliant guest and offered a very frank and occasionally scathing insight into the world of VHS back in those early days. And he talked about how the larger studios were trying to crush it at a time where he and Troma were trying to embrace it. Uh, he also talked about how, you know, those those large corporations are now trying to impose the same restrictions on on, on the internet and how Troma has been keen to sort of do the opposite of that. Um and, um, he also calls me a pervert in the, uh, in, in the, in the forward. So it's a forward that, that does not disappoint. I contacted him a while back and asked if he'd be interested in doing it. Um, and he was, he was kind enough to say yes. Uh, it's funny, it's honest, and I'm incredibly grateful that he and his team gave up their time, uh, for free, I might add, to, to supply it. Um, and honestly I think you'll really enjoy reading it Uh, so as I say it's great, he calls me a pervert and everything Um, so there we are Um, Adventures in VHS today begins kind of a new era, I really really hope you're excited about it and are willing to come with me on this last leg of the journey, I promise you Um, so please head to adventuresinvhs.com now and find out more about everything uh, from Lloyd's contribution to the book to, to everything you need to know about pledging So, that's that. Um, After all that excitement, I suppose i better move on to the show. Um, How about giant mutant rats mutilating people, eating babies, and generally terrorising a whole city? Will that do you? Yeah? Okay. Well, sit back then, relax, and adjust your tracking, and let's get into 1982's The Rats. They have been here since the dawn of time. They're here now, waiting, watching... They've gone unchecked, unnoticed, and now they're monsters. What's the matter? My hand! Something bit my hand! Are you okay? Let's get the hell out of here. Would you believe the other day I saw a rat this big? Are you through? No, I mean it! He was this big! Overpopulated. Hey. Oversized. Hey. And hungry. Hey. Your lady friend was absolutely right about the rats. They've gotten into the subway. The rat population of the world is estimated to be 108 billion. 24 times the human population. Okay, so you just heard a trailer for The Rats, which is uh, this episode's featured film. Um, However, I did want to mention, before I get into sort of the tape and the sleeve and obviously the film itself, um, this isn't really a film that, um, that I'm familiar with. It's not a film I've seen before. It's not a film I remember from the the shelves of of Video World, the the independent video store that I used to rent all my movies from and is a a central part of the book. Um, However, it is uh, a movie that I know existed on that that video store's shelves. Um, A big part of the book, in fact, kind of a third of the book, um, is made up of films... Which have been taken from a photograph that I was managed to aqu- that I managed to acquire some time ago, uh, which kind of shows um, a load of the films that were on. Uh, well, it shows the interior of Video World back in 1983. Basically, um, it's a photograph taken by uh, a guy called Martin Parr and will feature in the book. Uh, and basically, this photograph shows the back wall of the video store that I grew up in, and it shows. Um, quite clearly actually uh a whole um i'd say probably just just guessing off the top of my head maybe 200 300 uh videotapes that that are on that back wall and you can kind of make out quite a lot of them um one of the films that's very clear to to make out on that shelf um uh, in video world from 1983 is the rats on guild home video so um this Uh, particular tape will be featured in the book and it will be in the first section of the book uh, which is uh, dedicated to to the films which are are taken from that photograph as i say not a film i'm familiar with not even a sleeve that i'm familiar with Um, however the book i'm kind of familiar with and the sleeve to the book i'm kind of familiar with reason being uh, this is adapted from the james herbert novel of the same name and that was one of a number of sort of pulp horror movie, sorry, pulp horror novel novels that my dad had uh, when I was growing up. Um, and I remember the the sleeves or the covers for the for those books being every bit as garish as the the horror movies and and stuff that I would find at the video store down the road. But one of them I remember very very clearly was the rats, and it was always knocking about. Um, and I put up on Facebook, uh, that I was covering this particular movie and I popped up the cover to the, uh, the very, uh, as I say, the very sort of graphic cover with a very evil snarling rat on the front of it, put that up on Facebook and the sister of Mike from the Chinstroker versus Ponza podcast commented that, you know, her, um, her, she was like, Oh yeah, I remember this. Uh, I think our dad had the book on, on, on the shelf or something, So I kind of thought to myself, I was like, well, maybe this is just one of those, maybe it's a dad thing. Maybe like all dads had a copy of this book. Maybe it's like the, I don't know, the book equivalent of like Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Maybe it's just one of those books that that was floating about quite a lot at the time. So I went onto Twitter and had a bit of a word with some people on there. And as it turns out, there's a whole ton of people. Who had this book in their house or have read this book, or um, in many cases, their dads had it. So, yeah, it was, it was really strange. I just decided to put it out there. I did kind of offend a couple, mildly offend a couple of people by the sounds of things because they were like, What do you mean, dad? I read it myself. And it's like, But no, that's not. I'm just like, my dad had it somebody else's dad had it and a couple of other people's dads had it so i just thought i'd I'd ask the question uh but either way it turns out that a lot of people uh have had some experience of this book i'll just go through a few of the responses now stephen jones which is the uh, welsh big guy on twitter he mentioned that it was the first horror book that he'd ever read Greg, uh, Greg Taylor, who is at Greg C. Taylor on Twitter, said it was the first adult book I got out of the library at 12. My mum found a sex scene and it went straight back. It's like Fahrenheit 451. Kirsty, who Sister TwistedSister74 on Twitter, commented that the, the cover that I put up is a fantastic cover, but then tweeted a copy of her own copy of The Rats that she still has. Birdie Freak, uh, who's at Grindhouse Dave on Twitter, uh, said that he still owns that particular copy that I tweeted um, with the rats see Heil back leg, uh, and that the book was a landmark of my horror reading youth. Pure pulp horror genius, a top trilogy. So yeah, the trilogy's reference in there is there were two other books that followed this. There was one called The Lair and uh, another one I don't know. Google it. Um, but yeah, so. Um, Horror Hothouse followed that up by saying that, uh, no, I'm old enough to have read it the first time around. Matthew Cox, who is Pogo Drums on Twitter, actually posted a series of photographs of, Around James Herbert, or he managed to get James Herbert to appear at his uh, his independent bookshop with a very interesting uh, note, which I think was a note to the publisher. So yeah, go and check that out. That's that's an interesting little post to see. And another one here. Let's have a look um, from Richard George, who's Richard George thirty uh, seven. His comment is: it's a proper horror novel, and the rats are a lot faster moving than Sean Hudson's slugs. I, I should bloody well hope so. Lee Bales, uh, who is Ibon Films on Twitter, uh, was the commenter I kind of mentioned. What do you mean, Dad? I bought it for myself as a kid. Loved it. Uh, let's not forget that his sex scenes were always around page 78. So keep that in the back of your head, page 78. M. Shadows, who is at M. Shadows on Twitter, actually says, I've just given my copy of the book to my 13-year-old to read for the first time. She loves it. Uh, It changed how I read books, and I'm hoping to do the same for her, which is nice. And Dan Arte, who is, of course, Mondo Dan on Twitter. It was hardly my dad's thing, but I had a copy, along with The Lair, the sequel, and James Herbert's horror source fest, The Fog. I actually didn't know that James Herbert's The Fog was such a a source fest. Yeah, um, uh, there you go. M. Shadows followed that up by saying, yeah, not to forget the follow-ups of The Lair and The Domain, uh, so that's the third book, and she said all three books are amazing. I'd like to say some of the best books that I've ever read, to be honest, uh, which is great. Kirsty again, Twisted Sister seventy four, came back and said that she still remembered the first time reading it when she was thirteen, and that was a long time ago. So a popular, a popular book with thirteen year olds, it, it, it would seem. Uh, Ian Harper, which is Ian G Harper on Twitter, said minded, as in his dad had it. Uh, And he comments that the cover gave him nightmares. I'm not surprised. FilmWaffle, which is at FilmWaffle on Twitter, actually said, before I saw the picture, I thought it will be the rats. And Rich Walker, who is at Whiskey Rich, finally, um, said, my mum did, but I've not read it. So, yeah, plenty of dads had it, plenty of 13-year-olds had or have it, and even a mum has it, so... Pretty clear that uh, James Herbert's *The Rats* is a surprisingly popular book, and not far off being the, um, the the brothers in arms of books, perhaps or certainly horror books. So, so I thought I'd just mention that um, before I moved on to the actual tape of the actual movie, which I hold in my hands. Right here, right now. And yeah, so the tape is on Guild Home Video, so let's take a look at the cover then. Um, Right across the top, we've got Golden Harvest presents a film trust production, The Rats. Uh, For those who don't know, Golden Harvest did an awful lot of kung fu movies in the 70s and 80s, and that kind of explains why in the movie, well, Bruce Lee is there. Um, He's certainly just in the background, but he's there. And, yes, yeah, so Golden Harvest presents a Film Trust production, The Rats, starring Sam Groom and Sarah Botsford. A uh, special appearance by Scatman Crothers. Uh, also starring Lisa Langlois, Leslie Donaldson, James B. Douglas, and Seth Linda as Dr. Louis Spencer. Not Louis Spence, Louis Spencer. A joke that only British people will get. Then, underneath that, we've got a giant set of evil eyes peering above the blood-red toothed fonts which says the rats and then just sort of across the whole of the thing we've got sort of a, a wire mesh fence that's been sort of chewed open and as we peer sort of through that wire mesh fence we can see giant rats um as big as buildings these these giant rats are and they're just sort of storming through through a city so yeah obviously the rats in this film aren't that big but i don't think that's intended necessarily to um i don't think you're you're intended to think that the rats are that big in this film i think it's just uh just a playful front cover the weird gold embossed guild home video sticker which is always weirdly placed just looking at a couple of my other tapes guild home video in the in the 1980s they just seem to stick this shiny gold sticker right in the middle of the front covers usually right over i mean here it's you know it's obscuring part of the artwork it just makes me wonder why they bothered like they've already got the guild logo on there i mean stick it on the side if, if it's a security thing but anyway so yeah there's uh two or possibly three or four uh can't because the stickers in the way rats that are sort of. Um, Godzilla-style sort of uh, running through a city. Um, And then just beneath there, there is the tagline, which is, Tonight they will rise from the darkness beneath the cities to feed. Uh, Just beneath that a Guild home video presentation, the Guild logo with the white banner across the bottom, uh, the fact that it's in colour, and the runtime, which is 1 hour 28 minutes. So those of you who know me will know that I'm very pleased about that, because I believe all films should be around 90 minutes. Anyway, flip round to the side, not very much on the side. Uh, What there is is the same title, The Rats, in the sort of blood-red font with the teeth. There's an image below it. Uh, with a guy being attacked from a rat, and I must admit, having actually already watched the film, um, I recorded this podcast in a, in a slightly different way than I normally do. Having already watched the film, I don't recognise that image from the side. Then, just below that, we've got uh, another gold embossed sticker, which is VHS format, uh, and then below that, the uh, the guild logo, well, the guild lettering as well. Flip around to the back; we've got another tagline uh, across the the back, which is over the top of. A photograph of some rats running along a darkened corridor. And it says, The greatest single threat to the continued existence of man on this planet, the rats. Uh, Then just below that, there's this slightly uh, longer blurb, which is as follows. Meet mankind's deadliest enemy. Each year, they plunder one-fifth of our food, spread our deadliest diseases, and destroy billions of dollars' worth of homes and property. Each generation becomes more and more immune to our poisons, and they have even survived in atomic test areas where all other forms of life were destroyed. Not sure that's true. This is the dramatic and terrifying story of how one of the world's greatest cities became the first bloody battleground in man's fight for survival against a deadly force of evil, the Rats. There's a few sort of credits below there, I won't read them all out, but uh, it does mention that it's based on the novel The Rats by James Herbert and a screenplay by Lonon Smith and Charles Egley. Then just across the bottom, we've got the Golden Communications logo, not Golden Harvest, with some information around the jacket and packaging uh, copyright. Golden Harvest Group 1982, Golden Communications Co. Limited, and then the runtime of 1 hour 28 minutes once again. I will say that this particular tape is currently not in its original, original Guild Home Video box. When I bought this, it came in a, it came in a standard sort of, uh, generic black, black box and I haven't had a replacement guild box yet to, uh, to change it to. So, judging by the age of this tape and the design of the, the design of the cover and also the design of the actual tape, uh, I would imagine that this should come in one of these, which is a guild home video uh embossed box which is kind of a maroon color uh, and matches the maroon of the sort of plastic that runs across the top of the tape it isn't it's in a generic black box but i will be uh fixing that at some point so uh, just to get the tape out as i say uh, the tape stock for uh, for Guild Home Video has the sort of purple flap, uh, sorry, maroon sort of burgundy flap across the top, uh, embossed with the gold Guild Home Video logo and the name across the top. It's actually a, it's quite a nice touch that I wish I wish more uh, I wish more distributors would have done that. Then across the front we've got the all important sticker which says, "Important: Please do not forget to rewind this tape." And then the gold shiny Guild Home Video logo across the the front, uh, which has the rats in the same font and colour, 1 hour, 28 minutes, Guild Home Video, 18 certificate. Although this is a pre-cert tape, it does carry an 18 certificate on the sticker and has an additional 18 sticker on top of it. And then there's another, tick- uh, there's another sticker across the tape as well. Any willful damage occurring to this film whilst on hire will result in a full replacement charge being made and termination of membership. Oh dear. So yeah, damage this tape and you'll have to play. You'll have to pay for it. Uh, now, obviously, at the time that would have set you back about eighty quid. And also termination of membership. Harsh. But yeah, and then finally, just across the bottom, uh, we have the guild uh side sticker which again is gold and has a bunch of legal information on there which you really don't need to know or care about so that's the tape and that's the cover and uh i guess we should pop it on and see if there's any trailers to enjoy i fast forwarded uh when i watched the film before so i don't know what trailers are coming up uh i'm not cheating honest um so i fast forwarded through the trailers i think there were trailers but i don't think there were many um, so I guess we'll just see what this throws up. Okay, so this is the usual Guild Home video. Warnings about, uh, don't copy it, don't alter it, don't, uh, cut it, don't show it to people, don't put it on in the cinema and ask people for money. Um, the usual type of stuff. Um, a lovely bit of music which is about to be repeated now i think there we go it's so the guild home video logo which gets a bit funkier right about now before you enjoy our main feature here's a trailer for another major release from guild which is available at your local stockist now thank you stephen hawking whatever it is it's Golden Harvest so because that's the logo that's just popped up and as you'd expect from Golden Harvest it is some sort of Kung Fu movie Uh, with a funky American rock and roll soundtrack. Action star. He's the crown prince of He's Jenny he's Jackie Chan. Chan. So this is old Jackie Chan by the looks of it. Uh, very old by the looks of well it. Fun. I don't know Jackie Chan films very well, I must be honest, I don't recognise this. Chan is the Lord. Jackie Chan is the Dragon Lord, and it's got him jumping off buildings and doing his usual, uh, his usual business. Uh, but as I say, it looks quite old. Uh, this would have been 1982, so I think Jackie Chan would have been known, but not quite as known as your Bruce Lee's and stuff like that. Um, I guess this was probably about the time that he was going to come... A greater prominence because of the whole video market, but um, as I say, he was never really I grew up in a Bruce Lee household, very much so, so um, you know there's nothing wrong with Jackie Chan, it's just uh, there was only one master in our house, and his name's Bruce, so he's coming your way. On target for action in the Dragon Ball. Which is actually a film I've never heard of as well, but as I say, it looks like very early Chan. Um, I'm wondering, is that it? I don't think it is, but we're hearing the, gold, the Guild Home Video over again, so... Guild Home Video, consistently at the top of... Home okay, video I know activity. what this is. Um, 10 reasons why this is one of those quick fire trailer with... things where you just get a bunch of Guild Home Video things. The first one was Love at First Bite, uh, which I'm seeing clips probably. of now. Uh, And then The Stuntman. I'm not going to get much time to talk about these because they're just very quick fire. Um, When a stranger calls. This guy's going to tell us the titles of all of them, so I'll let him. When there is no justice, this man is. Charles Bronson to midnight to midnight. Escape to victory. And then escape to victory. Introducing Scavenger Hunt. See what I mean? We're just powering through these terror. Uh this one scanners. You begin to self destruct. Yeah, so occasionally you get these where guild was one of the, the the distributors that did that and you just get a sort of quick fire bunch of films that they're, that they're doing and it's not you don't really get a chance to sort of absorb the, any of the trailers really this is something with Jack Nicholson um, Jack Nicholson Jessica Lange and Postman so as I say they're not great these trailers but uh uh, this one is dressed to kill. They're not great these trailers, but I think it was. It almost feels like uh, distributors showing off more than anything else. Like look at all the great films that we've got. With it, I don't know how you. I don't know how you. Um, I don't know how you judge whether or not you want to see those individual films there, uh, just based on the few seconds and the, the screaming and noise that you, you get to. Uh, you get from them. So, um, but anyway, that was the trailers. I, uh, turned the volume down in the background there because the film actually comes on super quick. So you get the trailers and it just goes straight into it. There's no credits the credits pop up about sort of five ten minutes into the film once there's been a couple of scenes, but the movie actually starts very, very quickly after this break, I will get more uh, deeply into the movie itself. So um, come back and join me for my review of the rats. Hi, I'm John Water. Hi, this is Dolph Lundgren. Hi, I'm Lance Henriksen. Hi, this is Keith Gordon. Albert Pune, Miguel Ferrer. Nancy Allen. Robert Davi. It's Richard Elfman. Ileana Douglas. Patrick Warburg. Wings Hauser, Cliff DeYoung. Steve Railsback. Mr. T. William Cass. If you haven't been listening to the Projection Booth podcast, you're missing out. Each week, the Projection Booth brings you in-depth discussions of some of the most interesting movies ever made. I'm Mike White. No, the other one. I'm the guy who wrote the film fanzine Cashiers to Cinemart since 1995. Since early 2011, I've been co hosting the Projection Booth podcast. Try us, won't you? I never try anything, I just do it. Visit the Projection Booth at projection booth.com. All right, I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about outside the cinema. All right, Reverend Scott, take Uh us to church. Uh, What can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. (laughs) Uh, Is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity? I'm the guy that burns the coattails and then pisses on them. (laughs) You review all these exploitation, horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. (laughs) I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on Smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. <laughs> People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that <laughs> is one—that is one star too many. <laughs> Let me tell you, the worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. <sighs> Thanks, God. Uh, that was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. Uh, I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. <laughs> Not to be confused with Bruno Mattei's 1984 movie Rats Night of Terror, or for that matter a number of other movies that used that title in 1999, 2000 or 2003, to name just a few. 1982's Rats is an adaptation of the James Herbert pulp horror novel of the same name, which was released in the US as Deadly Eyes. As I've mentioned it's a book which uh with, of which the cover I was familiar with much more than that of the videotape so it is sort of satisfying to finally explore the story behind um that terrifying screeching rodent that adorned the pulpy cover of, of a book that belonged to my dad stashed at the back of of our funnily enough our video uh, cupboard uh, for so many years um And also, as I mentioned, the film kicks in pretty quickly after the credits, uh, and that's with a lecture on the behaviour of rats in the city, and why we should really be concerned by the growth of the rat community in heavy populated areas like Toronto, where the film is set. Uh, In front of a largely bored set of students, uh, the film kicks off with an older college professor who is offering his expertise on rodents, noting that currently, uh, currently of course being early 1980s Canada, uh, there are 24 rats to every one human, with around a billion dollars worth of property damage being caused by the vermin in that country every year. Uh, so that's the type of stuff that's referenced on the back of the uh, the case there about... Um, each year they plunder one fifth of our food. That comes down to a point that he raises about sort of a fifth of all the global uh, planted food is, is eaten by rats, spread our deadliest diseases, and destroy billions of dollars worth of homes and property. So that's kind of referencing that. Uh, but as that guest lecture uh, draws to a close, we are introduced to another younger teacher named Paul, played by Sam Groom who is the guy who has accompanied these students to the college for the talk and, it appears in conversation with the the older professor later on, is currently a divorcee with a young son who he only sees at weekends. Uh, However, Paul, or, or Mr. Harris, as he's also known, is perhaps more importantly the focus of one student in particular named Trudy who is a lusty little thing who has grown tired of boys her age and is looking to tempt Paul into doing something he only slightly doesn't want to do. I thought that that was a fascinating lecture Mr Harris. Well I'm glad you liked it Trudy. Especially when he said about how civilized man has lost touch with his basic animal self. I mean, don't you sometimes feel that there's an animal inside you just waiting for a chance to escape? Well, I suppose we all feel like that sometimes. But how does this all relate to giant mutant rats, I hear you ask? Well, it doesn't. Um, But what does is the other side of the story, which is happening over at the docks, where an exporter is being told by a hard-nosed health inspector by the name of Kelly, played by Sarah Botsford, that his whole shipment of steroid-enhanced grain will need to be destroyed because it doesn't meet health and f- health and uh, health and food safety standards. So, uh, after a failed attempt at bribery, um, showing the moral fortitude of uh, of our female lead, Kelly, uh, the grain is uh, is set on fire. It goes up in flames, um, but only after it's been revealed that the local rat population has been enjoying life living in and eating the grain. Um, And so we'll no doubt need to find another home and more food in the not-too-distant future. So after the flaming credits have died down, um, we are brought back to Trudy, who is daydreaming about Mr. Harris uh, while spending some time at one of her friend's houses, where a gathering of teens is taking place in the absence of uh, of someone's parents. Um, and to the sound of a song, which rather ham-fistedly is, is singing something about Lolita in the background, Trudy is explaining how she's wondering whether she is missing out on something by being with Matt her boyfriend because he is uh is sometimes so boring uh but adds that mr harris is really exciting and he's really sophisticated and he's really experienced and he understands women he's so sophisticated he's been to europe he's even been married he really understands women Yes, that's exactly what I said. Anyway, uh, while all this is going on, there appears to be a rumbling beneath the house that the teenagers haven't noticed over the sound of their, frankly, horrible music. Music which, incidentally, no teenager I know or have ever have known would ever listen to. Uh, which is probably my, why Matt, the, uh, the kind of spurned boyfriend, seizes the opportunity to win the attention of Trudy back by making a romantic suggestion. Well, what do you want to do now? let's go upstairs which obviously does not work uh so the gang instead all decide to go out for burgers to escape the terrible music um all that is except liz who it turns out is actually looking after her baby sister while her parents are away um and the baby sister i would guess is probably about three years old um and wakes up in the middle of the evening for what looks like a bowl of soup uh strangely but you know I'm no expert on kids, but okay, a bowl of soup in the middle of the evening after being asleep, that's fine, yeah, whatever. Um, Liz is almost convinced that she could potentially go off with her friends for a burger and just leave the baby to fend for itself. Her friends seem pretty convinced that that's a a thing that that she should probably do. Uh, Thankfully, she decides it would be better to stick around the house uh, as she's got some homework she needs to do anyway um so while she's busy coming to this rather difficult and in no way obvious decision out on the porch um her baby sister caroline is being attacked in her high chair by the ravenous steroid pumped dogs uh i, I mean rats um, now to be fair maybe it's because i've got a toddler of my own these days but it is a pretty effective scene and The image that it leaves you with of the high chair sort of knocked over and a trail of blood that's sort of leading out the door, I think is a pretty powerful one. Um, So, yeah, it it worked for me. As I've hinted, it is pretty clear that the rats are small dogs in rat costumes. Um, But what I'll add is that thanks to some pretty smart editing in a weird way it actually sort of works and is kind of halfway convincing um so you know as you kind of follow um as you kind of, you know what's happened and then you follow uh, Liz around as she sort of discovers the body and then is attacked herself uh, it is actually a pretty a pretty decent scene <laughs> And from this attack, then, the plot basically goes uh, three ways. So firstly, there is Kelly, who is dealing with the decision to destroy the grain, uh, which hasn't gone down well with her boss at the uh, Department of Health, uh, who it kind of suggests is a little bit corrupt and is in the back pockets of some politicians, uh, as well as the city mayor, who is not happy about the decision because of the way it's going to affect the local economy. Um, then the, uh, there is also the continuing unrequited love triangle of Trudy, her sad and confused boyfriend, Matt, and of course, Paul. Trudy keeps throwing herself at Paul. Matt keeps throwing his, uh, himself at Trudy and Paul has to keep reminding himself that he's definitely not allowed to fuck a student. Well, and then finally, there's the third Plot point, which is of course the rats themselves. Now, obviously, by this point, the rats are starting to pop up out of the shadows uh, and occasionally attack unsuspecting Canadians. Uh, so there's an old man that gets attacked after saying good night to his uh, his old lady girlfriend. Um, but there's also another victim who is a young basketball player and student of Paul's named David, who is hospitalised after he gets a, a little bite to his hand. He drops his bike. He reaches down to get it. He gets a bite on the hand. More important uh, than the actual injury, though, is the fact that this injury lands him in a place uh, where Paul and Kelly can meet at the hospital uh, and fall in love subsequently. And it also offers an opportunity for a doctor to step in and uh, offer up his opinion on what the bite might be from. Uh, And funnily enough, the aforementioned doctor has a theory about the species of, of attacker which isn't that far from my own. Well, the close set punctures would indicate some kind of room. <laughs> but the bite itself is much larger than anything I'm familiar with. No, well, if I had to guess, I'd say something in the order of a Great Dane. Anyway, one rat attack later uh carefully composed of dogs dressed as rats and more interestingly sort of low angle shots that make the actual rats that are being used uh in the, in the production seem much bigger than they are um and after that we're, we're back at the department of health where kelly is investigating a number of complaints uh that have apparently come in about rodent damage um kelly pulls in her colleague george who's played by scatman crothers Uh, to go and check out what's been happening, which he reluctantly agrees to do. Um, You see, George has concerns over what's down there these days, as he's seen things that aren't quite the same as when he first started out in pest control. bad and dangerous and ugly down there, Kelly. Would you believe the other day I saw a rat this big? Are you through? No, I mean it. He was this big. Well, while you're checking into other career opportunities, perhaps you could just go and check out the drain for me, please? Yes, that sucker was well this big? And so cut to a snowy afternoon in the park where Paul is out playing with his six-year-old boy, Tim, uh, when Kelly happens to jog by. You're jogging? Oh, a runner please sorry kelly happens to run by and uh, little tom runs or quite possibly jogs off to play hide and seek naturally he ends up hiding in the same rat infested hellhole where Scatman or is currently being eaten alive by a swarm of hungry rodents but he's thankfully saved by his dad from wandering too far down the tunnel so never actually gets to see any of that nastiness Uh, From there, the romance, uh, which has sort of blossomed in a a short conversation in the park, is kind of ramped up between Kelly and Paul, uh, and after a hot date, they wind up back at her house for some warm brandy and hot sex, uh, which fans of the book may or may not find around page 78. Um, But it's around this point that Kelly, or more specifically Sarah Botsford, Uh, exposes herself in two ways the first is of course via her nipples in a classic 1980s fireside sex scene Uh, but the second is in a pretty terrible acting Um, to be fair neither of the leads in this film are that great but Kelly when she kind of drops the stern health inspector bit and becomes the love interest you can really start to see the weaknesses The, uh, the chemistry kind of isn't there and she's she's a little bit wooden um thankfully though she doesn't catch fire uh, and there is the small matter of a dead scatman Cruthers to attend to so the plot can kind of switch back to what's going on underground and uh kelly and paul can start to work together to try and figure out exactly what's going on it's hard to believe that rats even sewer rats would attack a grown man they're scavengers not hunters So it's at this point that Kelly admits that she knows everything there is to know about cockroaches, but that this stuff about rats is just way over her head, prompting Paul to contact his lecturer friend once more for some insight on rodents and what exactly might be going on. Now, that guy provides the necessary exposition to move things along a little bit, but he does stop short of um of saying that he's convinced that there's a a colony of super rats as he puts it out there it's not something that he thinks is possible he instead explains that the rats were happy at the docks eating their steroid infused corn but the fire has has essentially dispersed them into the city and now they're out and they're looking for new food as their original food and home has, has been destroyed um it's a, uh, a theory that that works. It, it's a theory that is sort of um, realistic to a degree because they talk about runways, which is the sort of paths that rats have for themselves to sort of feed Um And, yeah, his theory about it not really being a colony of super rats um, is a theory that is obviously going to be tested quite soon, uh, especially when it's kind of revealed that Kelly has been asked to attend the grand opening of a brand new underground subway extension, um, which she invites Paul's train-obsessed little boy, Tim, to go with her, too. Uh, But it's only after Kelly has driven off with young Tim that Paul receives a chilling message from the professor. Paul, your lady friend was I found teeth marks in the basement of the museum. They were huge, bigger than anything I've seen. Paul, oh, they've gotten into the subway. And with those tunnels as a runway, those rats can go anywhere. So from there, we're into the last act. And it's a last act that's spread across three different locations. There's the cinema, where Trudy and Matt are having a passionate reunion in front of a Bruce Lee retrospective. Uh, there's the bowling alley, where strange rumblings are coming from beneath the lanes and uh, horrific things are about to ensue. Um, and there's also, of course, the subway opening, where Kelly and Tim are riding the new train. Craftily, though, for this uh, for this latter location, the rats have um, chewed through the electrical cables um, and have, have brought the train to a halt, uh, which forces everyone to get off and walk to where the ribbon-cutting ceremony is due to take place. Uh, luckily, at this point, Paul, having uh, heard the message, the answer phone message, is on the case and he's made his way over to uh, to the subway, and he is uh, he's there to save everyone. Have to go in there; it's important. Uh, take it easy, pal. The train's broken down, so there isn't an embassy anyway. Broken down where? In between station, they're evacuating the passengers now. You don't understand, officer. I have to go in there. No, 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 no. Now, as you'd expect, it's not long before all three of these places—the uh, the bowling alley, the cinema, and of course the uh, the 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 underground uh, subway—are all under attack by uh, by rats. So um, it's happening all all three fronts. The cinema becomes a kind of horrific stampede. The bowling alley turns into a a horrible bloody mess, and um, the underground subway station ends up being this sort of dark and confusing nightmare with people running about, being attacked, and not really knowing where they're going. Some people are getting off the train, some people are getting back on it. Uh, Many of the people who get off the train uh, are killed, and as we find out later on, many of those who got back on the train are killed. Um, And in the meantime, Paul, Kelly, and Tim have instead shot off in a different direction. Uh, and they kind of stumble across the nest and nest uh, of rats and decide to burn it to the ground uh, or in this case uh, burn it to the ceiling because we're already underground um so yeah that's what they do they find a load of um either chemical drums or petrol drums or fuel drums of, of some description and uh they they blow this, the, the the place sky high or ground high because again we're underground um and the last thing you hear well that would be the weirdly human screams of the super rats Could have made it through that explosion. So all things considered then um The Rats is a pretty solid watch. The effects are suitably hokey, but as I've mentioned in a weird way they're sort of convincingly done. Uh the editing helps. Um the shadows help. Um you know the fact that they've got prosthetic rats for the close-up scenes with the big teeth that are kind of um that kind of take over the screen that also helps. Um, but outside of that, the production values of the film in general are, are pretty decent. It feels like a it feels like a film that had money behind it. It feels like a, a proper film. Um, it doesn't feel particularly cheap. Um it doesn't feel super expensive either, but it doesn't feel particularly cheap. Um, and it looks just fine. Um, you know, little things like the score, there's a there's a decent orchestral score behind it. And while the acting isn't really amazing, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's more than sufficient for a movie about mutant rats terrorising the Toronto underground. Um, I do have a couple of complaints, though. Um, the sort of unrequited love story between Trudy and Paul... Um, which ends up going nowhere, really. It feels very much like something that's sort of left over from the book. Uh, I would imagine that as a as a subplot, it work, and you know, as a subplot and a character thing, it probably works quite well in the book. You know, it tells you more about the type of person that Paul is and what he will and will not do. Um, it, you know, it points towards him as a sort of heroic lead as well. Um, but in in the film, it just it's all rendered a bit pointless, and it's it seems. There's not really... I mean, even the, the the small amount of tension that it sets up between Paul and Kelly uh, when she sort of discovers something that isn't quite what she thinks it is... Um, yeah, even there it it doesn't it doesn't do very much. It doesn't really rupture their relationship at all. It doesn't really damage their relationship too much. So, overall it just feels like a thing that was set up. Very, you know, a lot of time and attention was given to that in the first half hour of the film, and it doesn't really go anywhere and there's not really much of a point to it. Um so yeah, that's something that's kind of rendered completely pointless here, but I kind of get why it was included. Um and the other thing that I would say about it about the rats is it is a film that takes itself quite seriously. Um, you can watch it with your, you know, comedy B movie goggles on if you like. Um, I am not a huge fan of doing that in general. Anyway, but I you know I can poke a little bit of fun out of these movies, but I do. I don't necessarily like to just take the piss for the sake of it. This is a film that was that was made earnestly. Um, the effects aren't bad enough for it to be to to be laughed at, um, but the way that it conducts itself it is kind of it is a film that takes itself quite seriously and there's nothing wrong with that it's just you get the feeling that if it had been made five or ten years later um it probably would have had a little bit more of a even just a subtle wink at the camera um but there's nothing it really does play it straight you are meant to believe that these these rats are going to be the demise of, of humanity or at least the demise of toronto or the toronto underground um so yeah, it it takes it itself a bit too seriously. It's not too much of a problem, but I would have been interested to see a, a you know this film had it been made maybe five or ten years later, where it, I think the tone would have been quite different. Um, so there there it is. That's the rats. I would say check it out. Uh, it is available today in a Blu Ray slash DVD combo pack, um, albeit under the US title of Deadly Eyes, and that is a Region One US import um alternatively there is also a full vhs rip of the movie over on youtube uh, which you can check out so uh, go ahead and check that out it's if you just search for the rats aka deadly eyes you'll find it there are a couple listed on there as hd versions of the film but ignore them they're they're one of those con videos where it just tells you to go somewhere else um the vhs rip uh, i will say i have um downloaded that to use the clips in this section of the podcast but i think as you'll hear the sound quality isn't great there seems to be a kind of a high pitch sort of beep which i hope wasn't too uh too much of a problem for you but it's the only version i could uh i could get um outside of recording directly from from the actual videotape out loud which can be problematic when you've got noisy neighbors like i have so um yeah so there is a version the vhs rip of it on youtube which is probably the best bet obviously as with most things there are other alternative ways that you can get a hold of this movie if importing it from the us or uh or listening to the bp version from uh from youtube isn't an option you want to take but i'll i'll leave that to you um so that's it however you watch it um expect the rat slash deadly eyes to be a silly but rather well put together little canoe exploitation B-, B movie that is worth worth your time uh, and and yeah worth the short ninety minutes of your time uh, for a little light entertainment one evening. You uh-huh. in for it now? Cause I got some shit in my truck that's gonna get rid of all your ass. And when I get through using this shit, you're gonna wish you never ran into it. George Boston. I bet there's a lot of these bastards down here. Ain't this a bitch? And that was Adventures in VHS, episode 18, The Rats. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did recording it. And uh, all that leaves for me to say now is to remind you once again to head over to adventuresinvhs.com and please, please, please pledge uh, to support the book in this, uh, this next round of crowdfunding. Um, as I said earlier, full details are on there about exactly how all this is going to work Um, as well as exactly what went wrong with unbound Uh, i tried to be as honest as i could on there Um, so please go ahead and read that Uh, also any questions should hopefully be answered on there Um, and there's also full uh, details on how to get a refund it's literally just a case of clicking a couple of times and the job will be done Um, so uh, yeah please go ahead and visit adventuresinvhs.com and find out more about that and uh, I hope you've enjoyed AI VHS day as I've been calling it Um, a lot of stuff uh, to chew on I think you'll agree Um, I'll be back with another podcast very very soon Um, it will likely be in sort of mid to late August um i'm starting a new job in the next couple of weeks so i'm gonna get a little bit tied up with that but um i promise the show will return and when the show does return uh you will get a full and frank update on uh, where we are with crowdfunding and uh hopefully we'll have some news to share then uh fingers crossed um no idea what the next film will be but keep an eye on uh, twitter and instagram and i will reveal it as always through there um if you do want to get in touch uh, or offer any feedback for the show, you can do so via adventuresinvhs at gmail.com. Uh, alternatively, you can just uh, contact me on Twitter via FilmRamp, where I will also be available to answer any questions that you have about the book or funding for the book or, or anything else. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Um, that's another episode of Adventures in VHS out of the way. I hope you'll be back for uh, another one very, very soon. Uh, So until next time, ta-ra!